0: Today, today on Pageant today, Pond, uh, Ooh. Yes. we're discussing the Miss Gay America pageant system.
1: That's right. Started in 1972. This prestigious system is the standard of excellence in the American drag scene.
0: Professionalism poise, confidence, gowns, and talent, darling. These are things I do not have.
1: But there are many (laughs) of these girls who possess them and some good old Tennessee accents. So please enjoy, at this time, for your consideration, episode three of our limited series pageant pod, Miss Gay Gay America! Forever! Representing Palm Springs, California, a queen who is not only talented but also really knows how to buy shoes, please meet and greet at this time, Wilhelmina Saint-Dubois.
0: And representing Hefty Bag International Unlimited, Scented and Unscented, a queen who makes sounds with her mouth into a microphone. It's Alaska Thunderfuck
1: 5000 of the planet Batron! But you can call me Lasky, all my friends do. Good (laughs) evening, panel of distinguished listeners, and welcome back to Pageant Pod, which we lovingly call...
2: Page
1: Pod! As you know, in this eight-episode limited series podcast, we're exploring the fabulous and dramatic history of drag pageants and how these queer institutions helped shape drag culture as we know it.
0: And today, on This Good Night, we are on going to be diving deep down into the history of the one and only Miss Gay America.
1: Yeah, honey, this ain't a prelim. This is the episode, okay? So let's this get into it. They did mail interview last night. <laughs> this is the final. I just kept my acrylics on. I mean, I got them done. I'm not taking them off for mail interview. a better be a yet. French tip uh stench tip um so (laughs) miss okay so let's talk about the history miss gay america okay it's a pageant it's the longest running one who the longest running for female impersonators in the u.s and is the only national pageant that prohibits contestants from using female hormones or having undergone any feminizing plastic surgery such as Breast implants or li- liquid silicone injections. Anything below the neck. Not allowed. But you can pump your face all you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fill her up. Just don't touch below the Adam's
1: apple. I want um,
0: Jagger. <laughs> This was started in 1972 in Nashville. And um, it started at the Watch Your Hat and Coat Saloon by Jerry Peake. Um, you have can questions leave your head about- <laughs> I have questions about the whole um, body mod thing. Like, you're not allowed to add stuff, but are you allowed to take away? Because I haven't had anything any, anything added, but I've had stuff taken away.
1: I don't, I don't know whether you would be eligible. I think you. Uh, well, that counts as a body modification, but it's yeah. not. It wasn't done for feminization purposes necessarily. Necessarily. No, was just it? vulgarization. Just vulgarization.
0: <laughs> in I general. No,
1: you'll have to ask before you uh like pay the entry fee for sure. Well,
0: maybe we could check with uh Norma Christie. She was the first winner in uh 1972, uh, oh. aka Norman Jones. And mm-hmm. uh it's noted she's the first man to be crowned as Miss Gay America, and then in 75 he purchased the pageant from Jerry Peak, and he hoped to grow the pageant to be the most prestigious and most well-respected pageant for
1: female impersonators in the world. And the dream has kind of been realized today. That's true. And I, that's such a boss move. Like She's like, I won three years ago, and now I own this goddamn pageant. <laughs> that's fierce. That's fierce. <laughs> Uh, So this is, it's known as the symbol of excellence, and each winner of the Miss Gay America system represents professionalism and the utmost in quality entertainment that the art of female impersonation has to offer, okay?
0: There are um, lots of pageants and regional qualifying preliminary pageants to the Miss mm-hmm. Gay America national competition. There's 30 to be specific. And uh, each year, the winner and the first alternate of each direct preliminary travel to the national competitions in hopes of achieving their goal of becoming the next Miss Gay America.
1: Exactly. So, 60 sisters. Wh- so Right. So for the national competition, there's four days of competition this is wild okay on the final night the contestants get narrowed down to a top 10 which is you know normal and then the top 10 compete in talent on stage question presentation and evening gown with the male interview score being carried forward into from the preliminary okay now that's pretty straightforward
0: yeah, the male interview category validates the male persona in the contestants, whereby contestants are interviewed in a male business suit, very Burlington Coat Factory um, or male attire. Um, right, it's not business casual; they're they're tied. If they see a lick of color spray, you're out. Um, <laughs> Male interview is the category to truly allow judges the opportunity to know the contestants and hear answers on a wide variety of topics.
1: So basically, the winner of this prestigious pageant uh, gets a prize package, including cash, jewelry, and other gifts, plus sponsorship packages, including many engagements throughout the year of their reign, including a mandatory appearance at each one of the preliminaries for the next pageant season. That's a lot of prelims, which usually begins in early January of the next year. And the newly crowned Miss Gay America can earn as much as $70,000 during their reign as Miss Gay America. That's cash, prizes, travel, appearance fees, and gratu for appearance so that's not too shabby but that that's a lot of work but that's not too shabby dollars
0: yeah is mga the one that Alyssa couldn't fulfill her um her duties on and coco replaced her on is that it i believe
1: so yes i believe so because she's in the movie
0: oh yeah 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 she was yeah i almost didn't recognize her from back then um the the they're very serious about pre- attending the preliminaries and Alyssa's a busy lady. She has her own dance studio. So they said Coco won now. <laughs> um like reading the, that,
1: I now like I now kind of understand. It's like you that's your whole ass life. Like that's how many prelims are there? Sixty? Thirty. There's thirty. And 30?
0: then thirty okay. prelims yield sixty contestants, the first alternate and oh, then I the see. main. But I mean but still, that's they're spread like out across every, the yeah, every weekend out of the year, sometimes there could be two even like a Saturday and a Sunday, so mm. it's a big commitment um mm. but you know a lot of girls, it's their dream, so those sixty contestants um all go to compete in the Miss Gay America pageant. But sometimes there's winners and they don't even need to compete. Um, <laughs> there's an honorary Miss Gay America. She's the first ever and the only right now in the 50-year yeah. pageant history. She's a little lady that we know. Her name is Lady Gaga. <laughs> in sophisticated lady. Sophisticated lady. In 2017, <laughs> um, the pageant owners, Michael and Rob, uh, they, they're a married couple. They gave her a crown, a Miss Gay America crown. <laughs> Before her concert in Philly um, And they said that they love everything she's done For the LGBT community Especially mm-hmm. the youth So they thought this was a great way to honor Her championing for self-acceptance, diversity And the beauty in everyone's mirror um,
1: Well uh, th- They they told her uh, This is funny They told her You're the first Miss Gay America without a penis And she said How do you know that? You want to <laughs> chat, tuts? <laughs> because she's hilarious Smile and amazing Smell my finger um, And so they gave her a crown And the Miss Gay America owners also presented Gaga With a $5,000 donation To her Born This Way Foundation I love that That's amazing So Mi- Lady Gaga's a former She is And I will I, She was expected to be at every single prelim the next year
0: Um, I I don't even think she's going to attend her give up <laughs> Because she's not giving it up <laughs>
1: She never will. Um, <laughs> that's that's fierce. I didn't know that until just that, like just reading this. That's pretty fierce.
0: I didn't know She's she was former. a title holder either. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um,
0: of course. Work Gaga. Uh, what's your first memory of Miss Gay America?
1: Do you have um, any? Well, I guess it comes down to the Alyssa Coco, you know, fantasy, because that was their like system of pageantry. And, all of the drama that transpired on season five surrounding that. So that's like, and it is like, it's, it's, it's the, it's the big kahuna in the pageant my, world for sure.
0: My first memory of Miss Gay America is watching pageant and seeing yeah. these girls and seeing the five gay professions that drag queens can do during the day. Hairdresser, flight attendant, mm-hmm. uh-huh. choreographer, uh-huh. um, Landscaper. hairdresser. Landscaper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All all, all the very many things. Uh, Female impersonator. Sorry. Female impersonator. Hairdresser. (laughs) Landscaper. Flight attendant. Mm
1: -hmm. Hairdresser again. Hairdresser again.
0: Colorist. Colorist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Honestly, it's it's one of those things watching it where you're like, these guys really slave and put in a lot of money. And just... uh, This was one of the first times I saw lace fronts on a screen too. That um, that Aida lace front, where he has the whole other row of braids. Not bad, pretty uh-uh. good,
1: pretty we're great. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk more about the movie pageant, and we're gonna check in with some queens who've slayed the Miss Gay America pageant system. So um, we'll be right back.
0: Gown, talent, interview, slay, slay.
1: We are so grateful to the amazing queens who've taken their time out of their lives to talk with us about their experiences in all things pageant. And we're so thrilled to share our page chats with these queens with you. So we had the pleasure of speaking with a true trailblazer, a legend who's been doing drag for a few years. She's the Johnny Appleseed of hip pads. She's the body without a mind. This is... Tasha Tasha Cole.
0: Cole.
1: Cole. Tasha Cole won Miss Gay America
0: in 1984 and is a legend. And here she goes.
3: I was like, how did these queens even, do they even know who I am or that I'm alive? I I, I had no idea. You, I was like, how did they find me of all people? It's the 50th anniversary of Miss America and I was the 12th. So there's lots of choices out there. So thank you for having me. Well, the first thing I won was Miss Day Dallas, and that was really what the pivotal thing for my career because I had just lost Miss Fort Worth, but because I had a package together, I, I'd only been doing drag about six months, um, and I thought, if I just go and do well in the pageant, maybe I can get a booking over there, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I won the damn thing, who, who would have known? And that night, the show director liked my act so much that he put me on the cast. Uh, in Dallas, so that was huge because that was that was one of the premier show bars in Texas, and then that bar wound up closing a couple of years later, and that's when I got pulled into the Fab Four in Houston. But you were asking about pageants, so let me get back to that. I'm sorry. So there was Miss Dallas. Uh, the first regional I won for to go to Miss America was Miss Southwest of America, and that was the first year they ever had it. Uh, then I won Miss Texas. Uh, the next year, I won Miss Mid-America. That was the first year they had that. And that was the pageant that I won Miss America with. And that was in wow. I won in November of 83, but they called me 83, 84, because really most of my reign was in 84. And then, like, eight years later, uh, i they, they started EOY, and I entered that. I, that was terrifying, because after being Miss America, you don't want to go lose something, you know? Um, but uh, it was the first year that they did it and I thought it was a really cool concept for the pageant. So I went and entered. And as a matter of fact, July of this year is the 30th anniversary. So I'm going back for that. and I'm really excited about it.
0: There's some other things that you won that we'd love to list, like uh Norma Christie Lifetime Achievement Award at Miss Gay America, uh, the Miss Gay Heart of Texas, uh, <laughs> the Miss oh, Gay... Yes. Texas in the America Waco the town of Waco Ooh, uh,
1: Waco <laughs> yes wow uh, I, I
0: have I have a question every girl has an intro that um they have before they go on um and yours I heard was the body without a brain the body Talk- without a mind oh. the body oh. without a mind <laughs> damn what they
3: called me what? But you're, you're <laughs> close well, you know that was a hundred years ago and nobody said it in a long time so. <laughs>
0: You know her from the top four of RuPaul's Drag Race, season 10. She is the Dallas diva, the laser light show embodied, the designer, the host, the icon with the megawatt smile. It's Asia O'Hara. No relation to Eureka O'Hara.
1: Asia O'Hara won Miss Gay America in 2016. Can you start by just listing off all of the um, titles that you have won?
2: That is not a long list. Um Miss Gay US of A, obviously youngest Miss Gay US of A ever, All American Goddess, uh Miss Gay America, the, only the second person to win on the first try in the history since 1972. Uh Texas Entertainer of the Year, Miss Texas America. Uh and that's all.
1: That's all, bitch. You got a full that's hand. You all. got five. <laughs> what in your estimation? makes Miss Gay America different from the other pageant systems?
2: Well, for one, the history. Um, it's um it's been around since nineteen seventy-two, I believe seventy two or seventy-four. So like the fact that there was a drag pageant happening in 1972 in the midst of, you know, the, what the rest of the world was focusing on, um, is magnificent to me. And so the history for one, uh, the longevity of it, um, mm-hmm. um, Miss America, we refer to as a symbol of excellence because for a very long time, um, whoever was Miss America or whoever was a symbol of excellence, you look to that person for, um, encouragement and and inspiration on how you should be doing your drag. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that the core of what subjectively we think of as good drag versus not good drag is all rooted in things that were solidified by by Miss Gay America.
1: The world met her on season one of Drag Race, where she went home first, but stayed in our hearts and minds forevermore. This is the icon herself, Miss Victoria Pork- Parker.
4: I had been six, first runner-up to seven national pageants in a row. My wow. first time at Continental Plus, which was in 1996, I was first runner-up. I almost won. My first time at Miss National at Large, another national pageant, I was first runner-up. I almost won. My first time at Miss USA at Large, I was second runner-up out of 50 people. I almost won. Of course, I had not even won a talent show when I got second runner-up at Miss USA at Large. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> and I just kept going because I realized that the people outside of my home area and my state, it's hard to break into this business when you are surrounded by people who have known you your whole life or don't see what your potential could be if you were able to get the assistance and the help that you needed. Mm And I went out of state. I went out of my area, and I started winning contests and going to nationals because I knew, always knew that there was a bigger picture than just trying to be Miss Oz, which was a gay club in my hometown, or Miss Lynn's Lounge, or Miss Fayetteville, or Miss North Carolina. I wanted to win all of those, but I also wanted to win the national titles because I wanted to travel and I wanted to be known nationally. Yes. I didn't want to just be known, you know, as a local queen who happened to win Miss such and such nightclub once. And that just wasn't what I saw for myself.
2: Miss America for me was a goal for my entire career. So you kind of like in the back of your head, it's kind of like girls that always their entire career plan on being on drag race. You kind of always have in the back of your head, this is what my final runway is going to be, or this is mm. blah, blah, blah. This is what I want to look like. So it's kind of that, like you always have this, these ideas in the back of your head about this is what I want to um, do to succeed. Um, and some of those came to fruition for me, and some of those didn't, but I really wanted to go to miss america and um I wanted to to be um three things I wanted to be um memorable, I wanted to be likable, and I wanted to be um magnetic for lack of better words and so I had to think like how can I convey all three of those ideas in every category mm-hmm. um and um the way Miss America is constructed, it's it's a numbers game. So there's categories, and every category has a subcategory. So you can't just think about I, you know, I want my talent to be like this. You know, you get a certain amount of points for uh, entertainment value, a certain amount of points for execution. It's like mm. an ice skating competition. So um, I literally sat down with a notebook, in every single category, I wrote what I wanted. Uh, what I wanted to do and then I wrote like each particular subcategory and how could I get the maximum amount of points in every subcategory and then I would look at my package and I would say okay um my evening gown you know suitability of gown I'm probably going to get a high score um um but maybe my accessories could be better I maybe need to take a look another look at my hair and makeup so it really was my process was mathematical it was how can I get the most amount of points um in every sub-category? And then in stark con- contrast to most pageants um, where you have to gain your points, in a America system, you everybody essentially starts off with a perfect score. And then for every mistake, you subtract points. So it's really a game oh. of how can I eliminate every single possibility possible to have points taken away from me? Oh, that nail is crooked. That's a point. Oh, the shoes are kind of a little off color. That's a point. There's a run in the hose. That's five points. There's a wayward hair. That's another point like so it's a it's a it's definitely a math game so um to answer your question in short it's it's like a balance of how can I artistically put forth exactly what I want to do whilst at the same time eliminating every possibility to make mistakes
0: damn wow eliminating variables that's really smart. exactly right exactly who are some of the formers from um Miss Gay USA Miss Gay USA Miss Gay America oh sorry Miss Gay America my bad
2: um and what's Tasha, the difference between Miss Gay USA and Miss Gay? U- okay, America? so um Tell some me. of the formers of Miss America are um Valerie Lore, as you know. Oh, we're um, Valerie, yeah, 92, uh Tasha Cole, uh Tiffany Bonet, Hot Chocolate, as I'm sure you know from uh-huh. uh, from Las Vegas. Vegas. Um, um Pataya Hart, Devastation, Susie Wong, as I'm sure you guys uh-huh. know. Um She lives by me in Palm Springs yeah um so there's 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 an incredible an incredible history of of girls from all different walks of life um um that are sean louis who um lives in hawaii who's a, also a former universal show queen so there's um tons of girls from all different different walks of life that have been miss america um the difference between miss america and miss usa is not i mean there are differences, but it's just like it's like Coke or Pepsi. It's just like each uh. of them have their own things um, that they that they gravitate towards. Miss America, I think the thing that sets it apart from everywhere else is um, you have to live your life as a male, um, and most mm-hmm. other pageantry systems you don't, um, 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 and they're a lot more open about their contestant base. Um, so it's just a matter of which you prefer. USA is a ranking system, so. Final night. There's 12 contestants. So the judges are going to rank you first place to last place, mm. um, which there seems which has a different set of accountability. When you're telling somebody how good they are, you're not really assigning them a score. You're saying, "Well, this person was better than you. This person was mm-hmm. not as good as you." Oh. So um, mm. it's just a Coke and Pepsi kind of comparison. Yeah.
0: Alaska's placed dead last before she knows what that's like. <laughs> many <laughs> <No>. many
2: <laughs> times, as have I, as have I. Um, you have. Yes No way (laughs) Yes
1: (laughs) And just how did they end up on that stage? Let's hear what led these queens to the pageant scene the
3: whole drag was kind of a dare because I was a little weightlifter in college and and uh, low country boy. I, I I didn't even know there was such a thing as gay people till I went to college. Believe it or not, because I, I grew up in a very rural Southern Baptist home, that kind of thing, and so I I didn't know anything about that. And I went to college and um, you know, I, I actually met some people that were like, "Yeah, we're gay," and I I was shocked. And then this lesbian girl, I was so hurt when I found out she was a lesbian. I and she, we wound up being best of friends. But she said, "Well, baby, what? Why does that bother you? You're gay, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Oh, no, no, no! I'm not gay." And she goes, "Oh, yes, darling, you are. Come on, come with me." So she <laughs> took me to my first drag show, and I was just mesmerized. I was a theater major in college at the time, anyway. Um, so I'd always been on stage, and I always loved to perform. But I was just, I it was just so magical. The show that I saw, or several of the shows that I saw. And so my friends all started teasing me about how much I just fell in love with the drag. So they were like, you should do it, you should do it. And so one night I just, on a dare, went and did it. And uh, they hired me at that club. And then two weeks later, another club hired me. So before you knew it, I was working four nights a week in drag, never intending to do drag as a career or anything. And so because of that, that was in Fort Worth. a couple of months after that, they were the Miss Fort Worth pageant was coming up, and they said you should enter. So I did. Just and I got first runner up, and so that's what goes back to the story of when I went to Dallas. And then when I won Miss Dallas, things just exploded for me from there.
4: When I started competing, I had a big goal in my mind, and. I eventually got hired at a nightclub. I worked at The Connection in Louisville, Kentucky, which was a huge gay bar. It took up a whole corner, um, gosh, not a corner. I I would have to say it took up a whole corner block, like a whole block in Louisville. And we, I worked at a theater that sat 1,200 people. It had rafters and it had huge balconies in the rafters where people could go and watch the shows. And they also had National Entertainer of the Year there. And I worked there for five years and working in that environment and doing productions and being involved with professional dancers and people who were Mm -hmm. more talented than me made me get better and want to work to get to where they are because I don't want to have to always think to myself, ooh, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And the more people I put in front of me and beside me who I thought were talented and great at what they do, it made me want to live up to what they were doing. And so it made me better. And the better I got the closer I kept getting to winning a national pageant until I finally won Miss Continental Plus 2003. And it's on video on YouTube. The promoter of Continentals posted that and several others. I
2: mean, when I was first started off and I was just jumping in pageants, like I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was just like, Put on something sparkly. I mean, my dress stopped at my shins and I had on uh, black shoes with a blue dress. And then I just thought I was turning it. And they were like, no, you're not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could turn around and leave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, pageants are such a good, like, training ground in that way because it's like these are the ground rules. We, uh, you're going to learn them here. And then you can go and like do your own thing once you know the rules.
2: Yeah. And I definitely I I I look up I look at pageants like Plastic surgery. Like when a plastic surgeon goes to, to medical school and they learn this is how you do this, this is how you do a breast augmentation. This is how these are the rules. This is exactly how you have to do this to make this safe and to make this right and to get the best results. And then most plastic surgeons, as most of us know, um, <laughs> you know, open a practice and then they start to like figure out things that really work for them for their particular aesthetic that they want to provide their clientele. And I think drag pageants are the same I mean in America's system during evening gown you have to you know have your nails done your hair they want it to look a certain way they want it to be clean and not be too messy with your gown you have to have on hosiery and stockings and um um, you know the jewelry can't be too big can't be too small and blah 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 and there are a lot of of expectations within that category that are good to have in that moment and then once you leave pageants or once you branch out into something else, you can kind of decide which of those work for you and which of those don't. For me, I just like to paint my nails black because I'm lazy sometimes, but I will wear hosiery every single time I'm in drag. So it's just like what works for you and what doesn't, but it's nice to have a base.
0: Now I have a question. Um, What is the easiest way to adhere an earring without getting a keloid? Use oh nail glue, God.
2: a band-aid, please because so do many people don't use nail glue. Do not use nail glue. Um, if you Magnus? do it like once or so, magnets are good, but they also they're fine, but they hurt. What I use they are hurt. these things called ZOTS Z-O-T-S. Um, oh, I know her. Are- Wasn't she a former of uh why? <laughs> Um, and they are these little like adhesive um, little dots for um, scrapbooking and they're super yep. sticky they're these little round things you put one on the front and one on the back and you put it on your earring and it's not going anywhere they're I use them to talk dots. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah but they're the best and they don't yeah. fucking hurt I use they them for nails hurt. sometimes for like a yeah. photo shoot absolutely.
2: Yeah. absolutely they're the best they don't leave any residue you can pull them off the back of the nail you can pull them off the back of the earring Nice.
0: See, nowadays in drag you can buy breastplates, heels in every Mm -hmm. size imaginable and watch all makeup tutorials. But that was not always the case in the early years. Let's hear about the invention of
2: one of the first known pairs of hip pads. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure um, a queen named Tasha Cole, um, who was a former Miss America, was coined as the first queen to wear hip pads, um, and she's been doing drag since the '70s.
3: You know, back then there wasn't there wasn't a YouTube you know video on how to do your makeup or how to do padding. I mean, I was the Johnny Appleseed of hip pads because when I started wearing <laughs> hip pads. Everybody made fun of me, but I had really big shoulders, and I swear I never looked more like a man than in a dress. So, because my shoulders are so big, so that's kind of where the big shoulders hair need and some big, hips, girl, girl. I was like, I don't, I wanted to notice how big my ass is, not how big my shoulders are. So I started. Vonda Delane helped me cut and style my first set of hip pads, and then I I morphed from there. But the whole time I was traveling, nobody wore hip pads back then, and I would go and they would go oh hi. and i would cut hip pads and make hip pads for people and now it's like everybody freaking wears hip pads you know
1: you're so the Johnny Apple seed of I hip was the pads
3: Johnny Apple seed of, dra- of drag pads <laughs> we
1: thank <laughs> but you but so, for that
3: oh honey don't you because i let me tell you back in the days when people were not <laughs> wearing pads there was some rough looking boys and aggressive
1: Girl, we love a hip pad even though it's no pad Have summer right them? now. No, it's no pad summer. Candy Muse has oh. dictated it's no pad summer. So leave your lay all you lonely drag queens, leave your pads, pads at home. From home. <laughs> we all love hip pads, we we love what they can do for our lives, but we really live for all the be- behind the scenes drama. So come on, gals, give us a little behind the scenes drama and shade. Tell us all about it. Shh, it'll be just between us
3: back in the early this was the early days and i won't say any names but the queen no
0: okay.
3: <laughs> no that thing honey she is so sweet i love she's, valerie she's not i don't think that girl has an evil bone in her body she wouldn't know how to be shady if she tried girl she just doesn't have the mental concept for it but, <laughs> but uh, the queens found out that if you put visine in in somebody's (gasps) drink it will give you terrible diarrhea and nausea and vomiting all that it's it's bad do not put do not drink visine
1: so they would put visine in somebody's drinks and say go for it babe. you're on (laughs) (gasps) oh bitch (laughs) anything else like the you know the you know, like cutting. The, the, the glass and the setting powder, or anything, any I, of those. You
3: know, I heard about that, but I never experienced it or saw it. And, but I will tell you in the early days, yeah, um, I don't know. It was, uh, it, it could be very vicious and cutthroat backstage. But I I always just kind of stayed to myself and was quiet over in the corner. And like I said, Nobody really knew me or thought of me as a threat until I kind of won everything. It just kind of happened so quickly (laughs) that it wasn't like, like I wasn't the big name coming into pageants at the time when Mm -hmm. I first started what, I mean, by the time I won Miss America, you know, I had built somewhat of a reputation because I had been second runner up twice.
2: I can tell you things that I know for a fact have happened, but I have not seen them with my eyes, but I know they have. Um, So one is in black universe um, one year. I don't exactly remember who it was, but a queen was doing great and was probably going to win and final night somebody threw Cody powder all over her beautiful black velvet, uh, <gasps> Roberto Cavalli dress. Oh. So she went on stage in her dress from preliminary night, which was just as gorgeous, but you know, there's no shock value or whatever. And she's literally on stage crying, modeling her dress because they ruined oh. her dress in the back. That has happened. Um, um, uh, Queens backup dancer costumes have been stolen. Um <sighs> Uh, Um, more famously in the American system, um, prior to probably 2005, I believe, um, you could not change anything in your package from prelim night to final night. And if anything was different, um, then you would get a zero. So, um, no, a zero in the category. If If you had, if you had red gloves on prelim night and you came out final night and you have black gloves on, zero. So (gasps) a lot of times, girl stuff would come up missing. Um, And um, prime example, a a queen named Carl Young Ross, um, who is a former Miss USA, um, she's now a makeup artist for Cirque du Soleil, she lives in Las Vegas. Um, She was going to win Miss Miss Gay America one night and she had a hat for talent and final night, the hat miraculously came up missing. I heard about the hat one. Yeah. Yeah. And they they <laughs> joked that the owner at the time of Miss America, whose name is Norman, uh, Norman Jones. They were like, uh, Norman, go get that Queen's hat out of the trunk of your car. Um, <laughs> so it's I mean, it's it's it is a definitely a shady world. And I think I think unlike um, Drag Race or unlike most other avenues in drag there literally is one winner at the night mm-hmm. um drag race obviously one queen is gonna gonna win the the crown the hundred thousand dollars but it really is a like everybody's kind of winning and everybody can kind of make the most out of it um
0: final four girls but, get and, the same amount of episodes as the winner so it, you know, exactly
2: right. exactly and it's it's what, literally what you do with it and so pageants are not like that one person's gonna win and everybody else sorry you spent all of your savings for the past year. And so people are bitter and people, you know, want to win that. And I think um, one thing that pageantry does very well, um, I think the continental system probably does it the best, is they do the best job of creating a moment in time that people long for so much. And everybody knows that stage of continental. Everybody knows the background, the white, the lights on the wall. And everybody dreams of that moment when they're standing there in their crown, Miss Continental. And so... The the fever for that and the the need and the want for that, sometimes people want for that for 20 years, drives people to do crazy shit.
0: Honey, three-day blinds must be in town because that was a lot of shade. I love patching and potting, but we have to take a break and we will be right back.
1: It is a well-known fact that the world of pageants is not without its scandals, without its controversies. Uh, So here are a few standout controversial moments. So here's the first one. 1976. See, the drama goes way back. Shan Covington. (laughs) Shan Covington. Her title was revoked. Seven months into her reign For conduct unbecoming Of a Miss Gay America title holder The title was offered To the 1976 First alternate Michael Andrews Who declined Because she wanted to win the title So the title was then passed On to the 1976 Second alternate Danny Diletto This incident sparked the development of the current Mandatory first alternate Succession rules so they're like No you're taking the title If you get first alternate You're taking the title
0: Honey they went up on a hill And uh pounded it out with a chisel Into the stone They did They did that. In 1985, (laughs) Naomi Sims was also crowned winner of the 1985 National Female Impersonator of the Year contest. Now, that contest was organized by Norma Christie, Inc., And she was the owner of the Miss Gay America pageant, but was created and produced and televised by the Showtime network in a television special called Dream Boys Review. Now, the audience believed the pageant was real, but according to the finalist, quote-unquote, Rachel Wells, the pageant was staged, and each of the contestants were paid substantially to compete, quote-unquote. Additionally, the televised special faced issues with copyright infringement associated with certain lip-syncing performances, which required much of the talent portion of the show to be dubbed when it was aired honey and that is my favorite portion of this pageant movie because some of the songs you just see these girls you're like huh
3: well how did Cody
0: Cody Collins get that Reba song but and they got Aida in here but homegirls tap dancing to something that obviously was not playing on the speakers
1: at this moment Girl, music rights are no joke. That's why you see the the supercut of all the girls performing, and it's just like <laughs> every Wait, the movie has <laughs> that.
4: Like mm-hmm. it's
1: mandatory. Okay, let's hear about nineteen ninety five. Okay, R- title holder Ramona Legere died five months into her reign due to complications from AIDS. So, first alternate Patty LaPlace safe requested not to be crowned or wear the crown during the pageant year instead serving as the official Miss Gay America representative to honor Ramona Legere's memory so patty laplace safe was crowned miss gay america 1995 in a special ceremony prior to the 1996 pageant in little rock arkansas so patty donated large portions of her performance fees to aids charities while representing miss gay america 1995 Snaps for the queens. That's beautiful. In
0: 2010, winner Alyssa Edwards had her title revoked due to scheduling conflicts with previous engagements and her Miss Gay America duties. The title was passed on to the 2010 first alternate Coco Montrese, Uh who was crowned in a special ceremony at the Gray Fox Nightclub in St. Louis, Missouri. Alyssa and Coco Montrese later appeared on season five of RuPaul's Drag Race, where the 2010 Miss Gay America pageant issues and animosity between Alyssa and Coco played a critical, crucial, central theme throughout the season. Mm-hmm. l Productions later released a statement about the dramatized events, explaining their reasons for revoking Alyssa's title and their lack of knowledge about how this issue would be portrayed in the television series. They had mm-hmm. been approached by the producers to provide copyright clearance for both Alyssa and Coco's official Miss Gay America photos.
1: Mm-hmm. This, and did they grant that? I think they did, because because you see the Coco picture on the thing, and Alyssa goes, but I had that moment.
0: The moment. You You didn't didn't have that moment.
1: I have to say, and, you know, we've talked about this Alyssa Coco thing for so long, but it is really kind of an impossible situation to be the first alternate and then to have to step in and take it. It's kind of like, it's like very double-edged sword because it's like okay i've got the title but but now like i'm having a ceremony and it's all because this other person didn't do what they were supposed to do so it's really a ceremony about that person kind of so it's like it's and i think coco stepped in and just she did her duty and she did her job and i and i really commend her for doing that well it's a mm hard position
0: when jinx dies you're gonna have to step up season five crown winner right right it's going to happen one day. Um, oh, my God. Now, we we have seen a few pageant winners on Drag Race after their win, like Neisha Lopez after winning Miss Continental. But Miss Tasha Cole is ready for her shot. She's ready.
3: I auditioned for RuPaul last, this past season. I did. And I'm going to do it again. Fuck it. Because I decided, you know what? Why not? And... I don't want to be the oldest queen. I don't want to have the record for being the oldest queen on the show. I want to be, have the record for being the oldest bitch to win it. Because it seems like mm-hmm. they put these older girls on here that are just kind of, they just show up as the old girl. But I'm like, girl, no, let's go play. Let's let the Twinks have it.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, That's bitch. major. Don't you Please think that do. would be funny,
3: though? I think people would, I think, it's like I told them, I said, I, feel like I know a lot of queens, not necessarily my age, but all around my age, that don't really ro- watch RuPaul because they feel like they don't have an interest in it because there's no one of their, you know, it's all young people. Mm-hmm. And the fact is there's a lot of older entertainers out, and there's a lot of old dra- older drag that's good, and all queens have money and buy your product. <laughs> <So> I <laughs> think I could right. open a whole new demographic for RuPaul at this on that show. I mean, I'd watch. I would definitely watch. I hope you
1: do. I really hope you... Please keep auditioning. That would be so sickening. And while Ms. Cole is eyeing the Drag Race crown, did you know that Asia is buying up the system? Tell us about uh, owning the Miss Gay Texas pageant.
2: Um, so Miss Gay, Texas America is one of the longest running, uh, um, pageants in the country. It's a preliminary to Miss America. I, I won it in 2015. Um, um, prior to that, I was first runner up to Alyssa. Um, you see, there's a trend there. Um, I was first runner up <laughs> to Alyssa, um, and I competed one year before that. So it was my third year competing. So I won in 2015. Um, and, um, that is what helped me win uh, Miss Gay America, um, and um i was the first Miss State, texas to win miss america as miss texas and it so it holds a very special place in my heart and um um in 2019 um the pageant became up for sale um and i kind of sat back and i was like i don't know where it's going to go and um um i really wanted it the legacy to continue and i really wanted it to be in the hands of someone that um really cherished what the contest means Um, and so um, I jumped in and this obviously we didn't have it last year because of COVID so this July will be my first year actually hosting the pageant and I'm nervous and excited but um, Miss Texas America is uh, one of my favorite accolades ever and so um, it's nice to now be uh one of the people jenna actually helps me a great deal um and so does lauren taylor but it's um it's one of uh it's, it's nice to to know that it's going to be okay um um and it's nice to know that it's i would like to think in very good hands
0: well i would love to compete um please send me the docket
2: <laughs> come right on you're gonna have to be a texas <laughs> resident for 90 days prior to the contest Get moving. (laughs) Start looking at apartments. I'm sure (laughs) Crystal has room for you and a Wi-Fi code.
0: I remember um, you talking to me whenever about something. You were asking me about dates for something. And your give up was kind of coinciding with the start of a season of Drag Race, which I guess they wanted you for. And you are famously one of the few girls to say, not right now. Thank you for your interest,
2: though, to the Drag Race empire vampire well it was i was always trying to like figure out i mean obviously if 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 you do a pageant and you win like the 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 goal is to obviously reign and succeed and step down and so Mm -hmm. um like that that can be a struggle in itself um i'm gonna throw we're gonna interview Alyssa later don't worry (laughs) (laughs) i mean you can go to a contest and be great for a night and win um um but to like have to do everything that's required for the next year can be um can be intense and so um obviously you want to be planning for your future and planning your next like endeavor and a lot of times like you have to like not not do things because you've got to give up a, a pageant and you know either you're gonna not give up the pageant and everybody know what you're doing and then like be you know blacklisted from that pageant forever, or you're gonna like have to just like sit down and be like, well, I can't do anything this weekend because I have to give up this pageant. Right. I mean, yeah. That, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I was asking you for, but I just remember like, Drag Race normally, films like in the summer or maybe early fall, which is normally when most of the big pageants are, like basically May through September. So it's always a struggle. I remember season five was filming and I was giving up a pageant and I was like, oh my God, if I, you know, wanna go, I gotta make sure that I'm like not doing something because like, it's gonna be a dead giveaway.
0: And we will be back right after this break. I'm gonna fill out Miss Miss Gay America pageant.
1: Girl. Uh, not with all the body work you've had done, uh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never pass inspection. fact that we here at Patch Podge love pageant movies and we want you to love them too and one of the more well known films out there is called Simply Pageant. Pageant. It was released in 2008 and it's now a little known fact but according to Porkchop it was this little movie that brought her to our television screens. Let's find out about that.
4: 2005, I was cast in a movie called Pageant, yes. partly based upon my performance in Transtasia because I stuck out so much, the producers of that movie wanted to know more about me. And from that, Drag Race happened. Yeah. From that, I moved here. From that, I've done more and it's more just... and more and more. When, when you did the pageant, you were in what, Memphis? I lived in Nashville, Tennessee at that time. I moved to okay. Louisville. That was another thing that happened. I got offered a job in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was working at The Connection in Louisville. And in 2004, I quit my job in Louisville and I moved to Nashville because it was an extra night of pay. They did shows four nights a week, and I only did shows three nights a week in Louisville. And it was a lot of work, a lot more than I really thought that extra night would be. But because I did that move, I got to win... Uh, Miss Tennessee. Uh-huh. I got cast to be in the movie Pageant. It was held in the state of Tennessee. I was representing the state. So everything works out. I've always believed that if you follow your opportunities that are put before you and uh-huh. you follow your dreams and you just like live the way that life is kind of leading you to do it mm-hmm. then you're going to end up in the right place. <laughs>
1: pageant this movie's great I've watched this movie more times than I can count I think
0: this was honestly. the first pageant movie that I ever saw too it was yeah. it was this and then uh, Trantasia soon after mm-hmm. but um, this movie pageant takes you behind the scenes as 52 ordinary gentlemen go to extraordinary lengths in order to be crowned the 34th Miss Gay America and the contest mm-hmm. is about the art of illusion so this is a pageant where hormones and surgical body enhancements are forbidden but some of the girls look like they've been kissing
1: needles. Um, well. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean Sharon. Uh, the the movie follows. It features five of the um, queens who compete in this one year. And they sort of follow the whole process leading up to it and the, the pageant night. And we really get to know these five characters. So we hear from them in drag and out of drag. And we learn about their family. Uh, so uh, – one of the queens is Victoria DePaula, who's lovely. Mm. She works as a hairdresser and she runs a landscaping company with her mom. Um, and she does a uh, solo talent. She does sisters, sisters Sister. with the ventriloquist Play dummy. That's, it. that's so good. Made to look exactly like her, attached to her. Uh, and she's so lovely. She was she's very young at the time of this documentary, and just is just in love with the whole like pageant world, and is really fun to follow. Um, I've heard of this next girl uh, before. I've heard
0: heard tell of her too. She has her own loading dock. Her name is Victoria Porkchop (laughs) Parker. And she is representing the big girls. And um, she talks about loving Miss Piggy and how glamorous she is. And um, she got her name Porkchop because she always would cook fried pork chops for all of her guests. Her sisters and her girlfriends would come in. But um, her talent is and she sells it too to see a white girl do i'm telling you i'm not going um is mm. is a rarity um to see it done well by a white girl but pork chop does it she right. throws herself on the stage she she her shoe pops her dress pops
1: yes but she's in the top 10 yes and i love i love her in this movie because And I mean, I love Porkchop in general because she is just a very like warm personality. And that really comes out through the movie. And she's like, yeah, at one point, like her shoe, like the the sort of the stoning comes off, like Mm -hmm. the, the band comes off and they're fixing it with glue. And she's like, you know, that's just what happens. Sometimes these little things happen and you just have to roll with it. And yeah. it was just it was lovely to watch her. She
0: scene. she's even charming when they mispronounce her name when they're announcing her. Please welcome Victoria Paula Parker and she's like it's Parker girl. It's Parker girl. <laughs> but she also uh, wins second. Whoops. The hosts whoops. are just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> But we we don't want to give away who wins but she's second runner up in yeah. the film and yes. um the the girls that don't win they're they're very surprised. I think everybody thought that they were gonna win this year, honestly. Um in- including yeah. including Chantelle Roche. Now she's the underdog, she works as a wellness coordinator yeah. at Disneyland, and she found her straight male backup dancer. And there's sort of a will they won't they through the whole I mean <sighs> the, the straight the straight male backup dancer says, I think that you're my partner if you were just a woman. Like, honey. honey
1: if you think that she hasn't sucked it one one dark and stormy night on the road, if you think she hasn't rolled over in the middle of the night when they're at the motel six when they have to share a bed because they're on the road, if you think she hasn't sucked it or touched it or done something, honey, you are wrong. You are foolish. It, and it's a very sweet relationship they have because she's clearly in love with him. She's mm-hmm. head over heels with him. And he's like, yeah, it we would be dating if you were a woman, of course. Mm. Uh, it's it's very sweet. And Chantelle Roget, when I met her in Florida, I had seen this movie so many times, and I was so starstruck. I was like, "You're from you're
3: from the You're from the movie
1: pageant. I think I met her at Parliament House. Probably. And I yeah. was so starstruck, and she's she's lovely. I I like her a lot.
0: One Cody of my Collins. favorites, Cody Collins, Reba. Uh, she is a total uh, pro and she works with Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre picked her up in her private jet. Um, and she's working to keep up with the times throughout the movie. She says she's an older contestant. Yeah. Her package is fantastic. The beads, the gowns, um, her, her. And is she just
1: Reba and Judy? Oh, her Come Judy
0: on. is great. I didn't even recognize that she, it was her. She fucking Drives
1: on tractor trailer trucks, these giant letters that spell out Judy, and does this Judy Garland TV show talent. And I think the I think that the producers of the film thought it was her year, and Me that she too. was going to take it. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of leads you that direction because she really crushes it. She's the seasoned professional, so you'll just have to watch and on Vimeo and see how it turns out.
0: Yeah. And then we have Alina Maletti who does this beautiful Aida number. Um, yes. and she, she has a husband, she has a son. The husband is really mm-hmm. invested in the pageant too. Um, yeah. but she thinks that this is her year cause she was first runner up last year and, mm-hmm. uh, she wants to win for her family and her, her little son is so cute. He says, I want her to win because when she wins, I get presents.
1: Um, Girl, the kids know where their bread is buttered. Okay,
0: honey, it's garlic um, bread too. They're seasoning because exactly. Uh, she's trying to get some presents too, but honey, yes. she doesn't win? Unfortunately,
1: yeah. Um, there's a few other things that we see. Alyssa Edwards, uh, a clean gown, clean talent, clean question clean. And answer, and she's doing sweep. that. With,
0: she's doing that with Layla. That's Layla really? Larue. Yeah, that's Layla. You know what?
1: Yes. See, yeah. There's Easter eggs in this movie.
0: They're all over. And my favorite thing is when a guy is trying to tell Alyssa where she can and can cannot go. And she says, like, I'm not going like, down baby, there. I'm going somewhere. Because they're trying baby, to get I'm their lineup ready they're trying to get Good. their lineup and he grabs her by the arm and i saw Alyssa's <gasps> face go ma- take a moment and figure out what she was going to uh-huh it was so funny seeing Alyssa as Alyssa in this movie early Alyssa. um
1: yeah you see the you see the beginnings of Alyssa's secret yeah. going on here she really kind um, of steals the movie she's not one of the featured queens but she gets a, she gets camera time <laughs>
0: yeah for sure um And the prize back then in 2008 was $7,000 and $25,000 in jewelry. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, maybe give <laughs> back a brooch and make it 10K in cash. Come on. <laughs> no. Shit. Who, oh, who was, wel- a, who was, who was welding a, with the rhinestones and counting the cash back then? God
1: damn. $25,000 value. We'll just say that. Um, and of course the hosts and, and the Queens who are doing the announcing, this is, this is where that voice comes from very (laughs) much. Yes, it is. It is the, it's the vocal quality that comes from doing drag. I mean, screaming on a low, on a, on a microphone, trying to get people's attention in a smoky crowd. You know what I mean? It's where that, that comes from. And, and I do that voice with great reverence and, Mm and great respect.
0: Now pageant is a check great check out the movie. Yeah, it's free on Vimeo too, so there's no use yeah. there's no reason not to learn about these girls, celebrate these girls with us. Um and now there's time for some parting words from these girls about their
2: favorite parts of Miss Gay America. Mm-hmm. There are just so many moments that I think pageantry creates. And I think one of the best things about pageantry is the audience. And um, unfortunately, with Drag Race, we don't get that until the finale. But if you had a live audience in the seats for every single episode of Drag Race, um, I think some of the iconic moments would change when it changes from, you know, five people's opinions to an audience the room, full of queer people from all yeah. over the world that um, some of the most, the simplest things just electrify them. Um, that to me is, is what creates so many of the most iconic pageant moments ever.
3: Miss America was really cool because it was kind of opening up drag and, and paving the road for it to become more mainstream, especially like uh, um, our our final nights were held like in the convention centers in the big cities like Dallas, and um, so that was really cool to fill. You know, the the first night that I was in the final night at Miss Gay America in Dallas was at the Dallas Convention Center. There were two thousand people in the audience in nineteen eighty one. Wow! You know, wow! It was incredible. You know.
1: A huge thank you to Asia O'Hara and Tasha Cole for speaking with us for Page Podge.
0: Page Podge. Also, we want to say a special extra thank you to one of our producers, Joseph Shepard, who provided awesome audio clips from uh, Pork Chop for this episode. And uh, those are some excerpts from his new podcast, Exposed, Dragged Out, which we've both been on. He releases new episodes every Thursday and does interviews with the queens who went home first on any Drag Race franchise. Porkchop, Tempest, James, Shangela, Juicebox, Room Service, and
1: so many more. So check that out wherever you get your podcast potted. That's right. And we want to thank you so much for joining us yet again for Batch Bodge
0: this Bodge. week. <laughs> She's been crowned already, but she's back for more. The Glamtron native, vagina enthusiast, and
1: champion of elongated greetings, it's Alaska. You can call me Lasky, all my friends do, and please get on your feet for the title holder for most cross-dressing appearances on a one-hour TV procedural drama. If you've got a check, she's got a skill. It's Wilhelmina St. Heatherston. <laughs> uh Devorna, the third, Gabrielle Sherrybotm, <laughs> de opulence. <laughs> apple Ganache. derriere <laughs> we will be back next
0: week with more pageantry glamour and of course a little backstage drama our next episode is all about national EOI entertainer of the year
1: yes and remember to check out the pageant pod playlist on the forever dog youtube channel check this out this is fun for all the pertinent video clips and references it's a good time over there watching the divas gowns watching the fits and fashions it's really sickening
0: mm-hmm. also if you have any pageant related news be Yes, stories or amazing pageant clips, please send it to us at racechaserpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and
1: good night.
0: Pageant Pot is a forever dog and moguls of media production hosted by Alaska and Willem. Produced Produced
1: by Big Dipper and Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli. Alaska Thunderfuck. Big Dipper. Brett Bowen. Joe Cilio.
0: And Alex Ramsey.